Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Each week when you join me, Podcast One, you're going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. Come on this journey with me. Welcome back to Creating Confidence. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. I really appreciate you sticking with me on this journey. It sure is eventful. So this week I turned 45, which that's not a big birthday in my mind anyway, so it's fine. You know, some people have hard times with birthdays or certain birthdays are tough. For me, this is just a normal birthday. And for me on birthdays, I like to reflect upon the last year, talk about, you know, and and look into what I'm really proud of. What would I have done differently? Uh, You know, what am I aspiring to for the next year? And really garner a sense of where was I and where I am now. And I'm super proud of what I've done within my work. And I've accomplished a lot in the past year. I work really hard and I take massive action and that's how I get it done. Some of the highlights are launching this show. Woo woo! I'm so proud and excited. Uh, and the show going to the top 200 charts on Apple Podcast and New and Noteworthy and um, some of the amazing guests from, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk to Ryan Serhant to Jesse Itzler and so many more. So it's been that part is so exciting and really has caused me to up-level my game surrounding myself with people who are further along than I am really has helped me uh, to see that there is greater potential out there for me, for you, for all of us to go after. So that's been huge. Teaching a class at Harvard uh, in the past year was a, a major highlight. I had always held Harvard on a pedestal. And I've learned, you know, to take things and people off of pedestals because we all deserve to be on equal footing. And what I learned from that experience was my unique attributes are valuable to others that might not have them. So these students have never sold or led sales teams or managed millions of dollars in revenue. I have. And so it was so cool to be able to bring my expertise, my experience to them and teach them about sales and real life situations instead of just textbook, which they had been mastering. So it was kind of cool to see that you can really bring value in in almost any situation if you show up as your authentic self and, and share those stories, which is what I did. And I was so, I'm still so excited. I got to be a teacher at Harvard. Okay. So I was recently picked up um, by Big Speak, uh, another speaker bureau, um, and I, I've just been blown away. I had an amazing meeting with APB speakers the other day. I'm meeting with them again in Boston when I'm out there for hypergrowth. So, you know, I've really jumped into this new world, new business, and I'm finding my way. It is not easy. I take a lot of action. I reach out to so many people and pitch myself all the time, but Obviously, if success was easy, everyone would have it. I work my connections, my network. I'm on social media DMing people. And I'm really, I work hard to showcase my value and my expertise and my experience in a way that can help others do the same for them. So whenever you bring value to others, people are typically more interested in hearing what you have to say and interacting with you, which has been really helpful. And as I always say, LinkedIn has just been massive for my business and for me 
and and um, I really encourage everyone to be on there that there's just it's unlimited potential on LinkedIn. Okay, so for some other highlights um, in the past year from 44 to 45, oh, my son graduated from elementary school, which was huge, and he started middle school two days ago, and I'm so proud of him. He loves it, and it's such a, it's a much bigger school with high school kids, and there was definitely a bit of fear and trepidation and excitement, but he really leaned into the excitement part. And he's been loving it the past few days. So hopefully this will continue because this is like the biggest win because it was a a major leap for him to go from a very small elementary to a a really large middle school. So that's going well. And and that definitely encourages me uh, watching him succeed, watching him jump into fear, even though as adults, it might not seem like much. I know and I remember that things like going from a small school to a huge one can be intimidating and I'm, I'm just, I'm so proud of him. Okay. Oh, I, I landed my first TEDx talk uh, from the time 44 to 45. That was a big initiative for me. And I'm so grateful for my friend, Cindy Metzler, that helped me to make this happen. Now, uh, the TED talk is coming October 26th. So we're only a couple months out and, um, I'm working actually on the outline right now. So there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see. Um, in the past year, I was on the Steve Harvey show, the Hallmark channel, KTLA TV. I'll tell you getting on that Steve Harvey show, that was a year in the making. I mean, some of these things that people see on social or see wherever and they think it just happens. I'm here to tell you it doesn't. There's so much groundwork that goes on in the majority of these situations. So sometimes there is luck or, you know, great timing, but other times it's, um, it's a lot of, follow-up and follow-up and trying to get someone's attention and separate yourself and, you know, not giving up, never giving up. So uh, the past year has really been amazing in so many unbelievable ways. So I'm so grateful and, and, um, and I'm looking forward to this next year and, you know, where do I go from here and what are those next major leaps that I can go after? I'm still chasing down Reese Witherspoon. My book, Confidence Creator, needs to become a movie. It's got to happen. I'm really leaning into the speaking portion of my business. It's definitely my superpower. I feel so fired up when I'm doing it. The feedback is phenomenal. And I'm really, I'm, I'm just, I'm owning this um, for, for this year, for my year 45 to 46. I'm blowing this thing up and I'm so excited about it. And there's also, like anything, it's not all good, right? <laughs> for sure, it's not all good. As I mentioned, my parents got divorced and, you know, my mother remarried someone that I haven't even met. And it's been a crazy year thus far in 2019. And in other news, you know, I noticed that the most Googled thing about me is Heather Monahan fiance. So this is a, a difficult um, topic for me because it's very recent and I haven't talked about it. And the past two months have been very hard on me personally because I am no longer engaged and that has been a long time coming. It's been, I was engaged for over two years and the last year has really been a tough one. And again, I'm talking about, I'm separating business and personal right now. This is definitely about my personal life, but you know, ultimately really, I mean, there's not too much to say other than it's been very hard. The past two months have been very, very hard. Um, And in many ways, this was not an easy decision 
to make because you don't get engaged to someone anticipating that you're going to split up, you know, just like you don't get married anticipating you're going to get divorced. So when you're, when you come to a place that you're going to make that decision, it, it, it's in many ways, very hard. In some ways it's not so hard. And, and by that, I mean, you know, after two years of being engaged, still not living together, still not having discussions about a wedding to me, I mean, that's a major red flag, right? So um, you can see a red flag waving for a while and try to ignore it, which is what I was doing. I was trying to ignore it because familiar really can be comfortable. And at some point, enough signs went off to me that said, Heather, you can't ignore this anymore. And in, in a funny, not haha funny, but in a strange way, I was driving my son to uh, a practice and I was in the car so much one week. This was in the summer and I had a lot of time alone by myself with, with my thoughts, not able to distract myself with work or whatever. And I was thinking a lot. And in that time I was driving, I realized in many ways I was in a similar situation when I was comfortable at that job that I was in for 14 years in corporate America. And I was safe with that paycheck but I wasn't happy and I wasn't fulfilled and I wasn't living to my potential and I wasn't growing. And I just realized in some ways I had been doing the same exact thing in this situation. And I was trying to ignore something for fear of having to go out and start all over again and leave safe and familiar and, and how scary that is. And who wants to be single at 45, I certainly didn't, you know, and it was this tug back and forth of, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm still alone, even though I'm supposedly in a relationship, I'm supposedly engaged. I'm alone all of the time with my son. And that vision that I had had for my life and my future is having a loving family and not being alone and living together with joy and, and, I'm so happy with my son. I'm so grateful for him. However, I know he wants that too. And he doesn't like that he always is alone with just me, you know, and it's, I'm sure there's sometimes he does like it, but there are times where he says, oh, let's go meet up with some other people. And it's, it's just, it's tough being a single mom for anyone that's single out there with a child, you know, it's um, there are moments where it's tough. Like this year, Mother's Day, we had planned a dinner with all my friends and their husbands, and you know, it ended up just being me and my son at that dinner. Um, and it was, in my eyes, it was so hard to sit there knowing my son sees that too. And it's just, it, it, it's it was very hard. So it really, you know, ultimately having my son ask me, mom, when are we going to live together like a family? Mom, when are you going to be married? It's been a really long time. And, and realizing it's not something I can just ignore anymore, even though I wanted to, because I was so scared to do it. And it's not, again, it's not been easy. So, um, I appreciate your support. I appreciate, um, you know, your continuing to support me and encourage me because the past two months have been really, really difficult and trying and scary and hard and it was funny for the first time in a long time when I was in my 20s when I would get stressed out I would break out in a rash and that happened to me for the first time and I don't even know maybe like 20 years and finding myself short of breath because I 
I'm just stressed out. So I've really had to work on my breathing, letting go of fear, stepping into fear, remembering that fear is a green light and trying to relate this in some ways back to when I got fired. And that part, strangely, has actually helped me because I built a 30-day plan and I lowered expectations on myself and I started writing down positive things that were happening for me. And I also, and I, I learned this from Amy Morin, who was on the show recently, I used to just make myself so busy with work so I could ignore whatever it was that, that was happening in my life. And this time I, I took her advice and I kind of stepped into the sadness. And in the past two months, I've really tried to sit with the sadness. And I'm hoping, you know, she is a doctor and she told me that that would really help. So I'm hoping that this will help me move through the sadness and move on to my potential and the vision that I have for my life and my future. And I'm hoping the same for you. So whatever it is that you're dealing with, know you are not alone. And no, everyone doesn't see everything that's happening in anyone's life on social media or elsewhere. So, okay. Now, today I'm so excited for you to meet my guest, of course, another amazing guest. But before we get to that, you know I'm a LinkedIn girl. I've got to jump right into this because hiring is not easy and, and there's so many options out there for when you want to hire someone. In the old days, it was put an ad in the paper or, or run an ad on radio. That was my old business, by the way. But today, why wouldn't you go to where everyone goes for business? You know I'm there every single day. LinkedIn is my space. But if you want to hire someone, you need to go to LinkedIn. Hundreds of millions of people are there every day and they're talking about business. They're looking for opportunities and they want to connect. There's over 600 million members that are visiting LinkedIn to make connections and grow as professionals and discover job opportunities. That's how they make sure your job post gets in front of these people with the right hard skills and soft skills that you need to meet the role requirements that you're looking for. Things like collaboration, work ethic, adaptability. LinkedIn does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates so you can focus on hiring a person that will transform your business. A hire is made every eight seconds on LinkedIn. Wow. Get in the game. So with LinkedIn Jobs, you can pay what you want. And the first $50, it's on them right now. Just visit linkedin.com slash confidence. Again, that's linkedin.com slash confidence to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Hang with me. We're going to be right back with my guest and you're going to love her. Hey, Jordan here. I know a lot of you create your own podcasts and a lot of you already have one like me. I obviously love what I do. It's taken a lot of hard work to get to this point of success. You shouldn't have to pay fees for platform hosting, distribution, analytics, or fees to create a podcast. You need to be able to focus on producing the best show possible. Now, Podcast One, that's a network I'm on, they have Launchpad Digital Media, or Launchpad DM for short. So it's free, includes unlimited hosting, full control of distribution. You have access to a full dashboard with analytics. Again, totally free. You own everything, by the way. You own your content, you own your subscribers, no tricky stuff there. And you get your own show page on launchpaddm.com for people to listen to and subscribe to your show. It's the only hosting platform brought to you by the leading network, Podcast One. Podcast One will promote the site, drive people to discover your podcast. And if your show grows, 
You could even be invited to join Podcast One's all-star roster, which includes people like Adam Carolla, Caitlin Bristow, Shaq, Lady Gang, and of course me, Jordan Harbinger, I'm there too. You also get access to their production and sales support. So with all this completely free, don't use other hosting platforms. Why would you need to? Learn more or sign up now at launchpaddm.com. And don't forget to check out the Jordan Harbinger Show. And welcome back. I'm really excited for you to meet my next guest, Jen Friel. She's Chief Marketing Officer for Dropin Inc. and is better known for her website, Talk Nerdy to Me, Leva, where she documented crashing the 2010 Grammy Awards, very ballsy, dancing on stage with Prince, epic, accidentally, I like this, accidentally, going out on over 103 dates in nine months. We're going to have to dig into that and bartering social media to live for a year, getting to 12 states with $10 to her name. This is insane. Friel's blog has been previously optioned twice by Jerry Bruckenheimer, I hope I said that correctly, and was purchased by CBS in a four-way bidding war between ABC, NBC, and Fox. She's also appeared as an entrepreneur on CNBC, the West Texas Investors Club, alongside her new business partners, Rooster McConaughey, again, I'm butching these, and Butch Gilman and Gil Prather. So, um, wow, that is very, very impressive. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, so let's get, first of all, we need to get into so many different things here. Let's start with how we got connected. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was uh, it was great, actually. About uh, three weeks to a month ago, I cold called Jerry Bruckheimer uh, to kind of represent uh, what what I had done with Talk Nerdy to me. So it sold in a four-way bidding war previously as a pilot. But um, in the uh, pilot season of 2016, Les Moonvies passed and picked The Great Indoors instead of Talk Nerdy to me. So it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise. I just didn't know it at the time. So I got my life rights, trademarks, and intellectual property back. So um, first, I don't, your life rights. Yeah, the the rights to my life story. That's insane. I, I mean, it, so you're essentially selling that you'll never do anything else with your own life. No, it's <laughs> and this is how my attorney explained it to me. Um, so basically, it's everything like up until that point because you okay. can't really like you know predict what's going to happen in the future. So that's why when uh, Talk Nerdy Me was first being developed and whatnot, one I was living on an island in Isla Mirada in the Florida Keys, so I had zero involvement in it. And then two, I actually started a second blog because I'm I'm a writer till I die. So the last my last day on earth will be with a nice bottle of wine. And my dog and or maybe spouse and uh, and my blog. Like, I like that is, you're predicting that. Yeah, like you know, it's just it's just that's how it's going to be. And so um and so yeah, so it was really important for me to still continue the craft and still continue writing. And um but when I when I went to redevelop it, everyone kept pushing for me to do it. And I've you you can't as a writer just like decide to like write television. So um, I got really lucky. I met this wonderful woman named Heather Rutman who's so badass and got such an amazing tone to her and sass and she's already had a successful show so we worked on it and so I I uh, don't know why this didn't occur to me previously I don't have representation I only have an attorney but I was just sitting there going like why don't I just pick up the phone and call Bruckheimer I was like he gave me two checks I was like why haven't I called him and so I, I literally the next day picked because up the phone. maybe most people are intimidated but see that's the point like I it's not that I'm not I don't view fear, I guess, in the same way that most people do. And I've actually only discovered that very recently because people – I was surprised. Actually, I know we were talking on our way in about your views on LinkedIn. I was actually super surprised about how many views that that post got because, to me, it wasn't about 
uh, like any sort of fear or intimidation. It was I was so proud of what we packaged. I'm so proud to put my name on it. And it was just like, well, why didn't this occur to me previously? So it was it was amazing. And then uh, in the weeks after, though, it was kind of crazy because, you know, right after you do it, then it sinks in what I what I just did that, you know, he said, you know, I'll, I'll read your script. And I'm like, I'm a first time producer, like I'm representing something that, you know, these people purchased previously. And I'm like, so I was basically sick to my stomach for about two days after that. And then, uh, but it was wild because, you know, in, in 7,500 blog posts, I've never once felt really vulnerable in terms of my writing because it's always been matter of fact. And this is what I'm saying. And uh, for the first time, I was I was so vulnerable and it was really beautiful, even though it's technically not my writing because it was, you know, through this other writer. But I just know the impact of the story and how kind of cool it is. And uh, and I'm really proud of it. So that's how we got connected was through that LinkedIn post and uh, through that gentleman who was like, the story is so cool. I really want to help you. And so thank you, Daniel, wherever you are, if you're listening, I'm very appreciative. When starting out a new business, it's a complete pain to get through the LLC part. Taylor Brands makes it 90% easier. It's easy and affordable to get your LLC with Taylor Brands. Taylor Brands offers all the legal requirements for LLCs, such as registered agent, annual compliance, EIN, operating agreement, business license and permits, and much more. Taylor Brands walks you through each step of building a successful business and has everything you need all in one place. Bookkeeping, invoicing, business licenses and permits, business documents, bank accounts, and so much more. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using this link, taylorbrands.com slash confidence. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash confidence. So get started today with Taylor Brands. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular, and it is just so easy, all because I use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized I can do this. I can go to work for myself. Thanks to Shopify. What I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Monahan, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monahan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monahan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. It's such social media is such a crazy phenomenon because you created the content, which obviously started a domino effect. This gentleman connected you and I because he thought you'd be a great fit for my show. And just out of wanting to connect people, he wanted nothing in return. Literally nothing in return. I'm trying to give him something in return. So, Daniel, please let me help you. <laughs> yeah, it's he's amazing. So, he's, he's just out there doing good. And, and as you said, it's not just with me. He's connected you to a number of – because oh, yeah. he felt so compelled and driven around your message. Which is so cool. And I think that's what, you know, is so great about this kind of life experience, too, is is uh, the the script happens to be about when I was I called myself a DIY dom, a uh, do it yourself dominatrix. My sparkly shoes that I'm wearing right now are actually a gift from a slave. So it was about <laughs> it's very true. And I love when people ask me that they comment on the shoes and I'm like, oh, they're from my slave. And like they don't know what to like say or <laughs> how to respond. Um, it makes me laugh every time because I'm so twisted. But it was really about like kind of going from that shy, you know, uh, feeling powerless in terms of you know being a nerd and always being really smart, but not really understanding the social components of it and not understanding like how to use intelligence to sort of you know better myself truly. So uh, so yeah, so I just remember when you know reading the script for the last time, just being like with such a smile on my face. I was like, this is it. If it sells, great. If it doesn't, okay, cool. But I at least know that this is the story that, you know, I want people to hear. But you ended up with a bidding war. Ended up with a bidding war, yeah. I was really lucky. It was um, it was actually sold. Again, I was on an island when it happened. But um, but Bruckheimer optioned my life rights trademarks and intellectual property twice. And then uh, I had kind of done this before, previously with Mary Parent, who's amazing, and um, had been, you know, taken general after general, which I don't know if, if your audience is familiar, but that's when you literally just take general meetings with any sort of producer, showrunner, um, any any sort of entertainment exec to see if they want to develop something around you. So I'd spent years just getting my hopes up. You know, sold the show to MTV, never made air. Sold the show to uh, the History Channel, never made air. So like I have had all these quote unquote successes, but it didn't really feel that way to me because I was just kind of like, oh, okay, well I don't, I just don't understand what's going to happen. Like where is this going next? What's going on? And so there I was on this island, not even thinking about it, as crazy as that sounds, not even knowing that the pilot was even up for any sort of consideration. I was at a celebration of life, and that's when I found out that it sold to NBC at first. And I was just like, I started crying so hysterically. And I'm at the, it's so awkward. I'm at this celebration of life, and I'm like, <laughs> like this doesn't need to be about me right now. It was about for my ex-boyfriend's father. And uh, but I was there to help him. And even though we had already broken up, I was there to help the family. And so they were they were over the moon. So we turned it into a celebration, actually. And uh, for as, as strange as all that life experience was, so there was a tremendous amount of failure that led up to your success. Yeah, I, but I think that's the point I think most people sit there and view it as failure and probably like judge themselves for it and I just view everything as like oh wow okay so now I know how to negotiate this better okay well now I know that from this life experience okay great you know make sure I befriend all the entertainment executives or whatever that means like I take from everything one skill set so that's why my life seems so random but it kind of makes sense for me because I take one element or one thing and then I just kind of combine it all together and then use that for whatever I'm doing moving forward. I don't I don't beat myself up when I quote unquote fail because it's not a failure. That's so confident. That's so right on. I mean, that's <laughs> like you know exactly what we all want to do. I wish I was like that because unfortunately I'm not. I definitely beat myself up, so I need to figure that 
how, how do you know to do that or how are you able to be disciplined and continually doing it? Um, I mean, it, I think it's exactly that. That's a, that's a good point. It's the discipline because I wasn't always that way for sure. I just think by writing and documenting so much of my life for so long. I mean, I talked about how I had an affair with a married man. I talked about every bad date on the planet. Like it wasn't just, hey, I'm cute. I'm in L.A. I'm, I call myself a nerd. Let's do this. Like, no, I walked the walk and talked the talk and um, and built everything myself. And so, uh, again, it's not just the good, the bad, the ugly. It's the everything. And I think that's now that level of discipline has sort of brought me into this next space of like, if I were my six-year-old self, I wouldn't berate me for doing something wrong. Like, I would say, okay, well, what did you learn? You know, what would you do differently next time? And then, you know, maybe uh, have, uh, you know, go out with my friends to have some fun and shake it off. And then you just move on. But instead, like telling yourself that narrative then brings it into the future and your present. And then that ends up becoming, you know, whatever your next step is. You're bringing that failure with you. Failure doesn't belong to you. It's baggage. But you have to accept so that true. it occurred. So, you know, what I take away from that is, you know, is this working for you? If mm-hmm. you're beating yourself up all the time, you know, from your failures and feeling really low, how, you know, is that working? Uh, no. This is what I say to myself anyways, is I say, this, is, this doesn't seem to be working for me. Why don't I try the opposite way, which is, you know, hey, okay, we got to pick ourselves back up. And this time we're going to do it differently. And this time it's going to work or, you know, whatever self-talk. But you used a good example, which is talking to your younger self. Yep. So I always say, for me, it's talking to my son. I would never – my son lost the race for president this year in Aww. school. No, it's okay. He won every year leading up to them. So, you know, <laughs> you've got to face some failure. And what he learned was when he went home, he felt really bad about himself because yeah. he had anticipated winning. And I thought that was cool. I'm like, you should anticipate winning because we want to manifest that future and vision we have for ourselves. However, we can say, okay, it didn't work out. But you know what? I'm sure there's something else that's going to happen this year that'll be great. And he said, well, I can play basketball more now. You know, so it's like, I think just like putting that to work for you, treating it as the way you would have a conversation with a child is really helpful. Absolutely. And recently, one of the the impetuses of actually even calling Bruckheimer was uh, we, the writer has representation and technically she did, but the uh, ATA and W. UGA split meant that um, all the writers had to fire their their agents. So yeah, so here here I am the first time actually taking out a pilot, like sitting in the room. We've have we have we have interest this that and the other thing, and I'm just sitting there going like, are you kidding me? Like I have come this far. Like nothing and no one is going to take this away from me. Developing that pilot while having a startup and doing all the other things is like. I don't even know how it got done so quickly. Even though 19 months seems like it's forever. When I said that to people, they're like, how did you? give us a full script in 19 months. But that's how hard I was working. And so when it happened, I was just like, I was angry and confused and like, well, how long is this going to last? And this, that, and the other thing. And so I I literally went into a stage where I was like, self-care. So I take one day to spend by a pool. I, I, you know, stopped going to the gym for a bit. I was like, why, why did I do that? Let's, let's reamp and get unlimited memberships. And so I'm going to be angry at how many spin classes I'm taking. <laughs> like, yeah, just keep going with it. And, uh, and it was just amazing because with that just came this extreme clarity of exactly what my next step was. So I feel like even depression similar to failure is like it, it's, it means that you need to go in a bit of like recovery. And I don't view it as something negative. I don't view it as like this big boss battle that I have to fight because I'm a failure. It's like, no, I just, I've been going through some stuff and I just need to catch my breath. It's like, you know, when you work out and your muscles are recovering, it's the same thing, but it's for your head. It's such a good analogy. I think you would agree with me that being right is so satisfying. And with the Great Courses Plus, you can always be the one with the right answer. This streaming service is priceless. It's a source of knowledge on any and every topic you can fathom. 
unlimited access to thousands of lectures. Explore anything and everything from the history of the American West to the solar system to romantic views in Italy or even self-defense. With reliable, in-depth information from professors and experts who have won awards for their ability to teach, they have unique perspectives you never even thought of before. I recommend checking out the course, Outsmart Yourself, Brain-Based Strategies for a Better You. You get to learn how your brain works and how it works for you or how it works against you. It's a deep dive course to hack into the automatic systems behind procrastination, depression, unhealthy eating, and more. Amazing tips and tricks that will blow you away and give you a leg up in life. Know the right answers. Start learning with the Great Course Plus today. I've worked out a special offer for you, a full free month of unlimited access. But you must sign up today and you got to use my URL to get it. So start your free month right now. Sign up at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash confidence. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash confidence. You will definitely thank me for this one. So you're a really creative person. How do you tap into that creativity? Because I think a lot of people, myself included, will sometimes put ourselves in that lane that, oh, I'm not creative. I don't have that within me. Yeah. um, I don't know. I'm really weird. I've just always (laughs) been – like, seriously, I was – 18 months old, talking like a four-year-old. So my parents put me in school super early. Like when I was in sixth grade, my mom got me print shop. I just posted this on Facebook, actually. My parents got me print shop. I begged them for it. And my first instinct was to create uh, arrest posters for them, you know, wanted for child abuse with pictures of my parents. And like, like, it's really, it's like wanted, dead or alive, whichever comes first. But it's like super perky, bright yellow. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm just a weird person and like my creativity comes out in like costumes for example like I love going like all out in terms of costumes and like adopting characters and then that helps me with writing and it's just kind of all fuels into it but in terms of tapping into it directly you have to create that discipline so for Talk Nerdy for uh, over about seven years uh, we average five blog posts a day so that's how so many of them are on there I managed 75 writers so it was intense and like I wouldn't go anything more than like uh, less than 24 hours without either publishing a tweet, being active in social media or having a blog post. And then if I wasn't, people would be like, where is she? What's going on? So that's how devoted I was to what I was building. And uh, now I definitely have a different perspective in terms of balance, but it gave me that creative discipline to now like at any moment be able to write because that's I can go in a headspace of putting on headphones, being in a zone, sitting really awkwardly in my chair because that's how I like to write and just just hammering it out but oh, it's discipline to get in that zone is the best feeling though totally. when you're able to get there that that's such a, a phenomenal feeling and I do believe everyone has creativity and that uniqueness within them it's just tapping into it and taking yeah. the time like you said you know really becoming disciplined about it to to discover it that's that's really amazing so your life is so bizarre we ended up on a phone call together I guess a month ago and I'd love for you to share that story where you were and what happened. So I was uh, obviously I've, I've lived in L.A. Uh, I was here for almost 10 years. I was on the island for two and a half. I've been back for almost four. So, uh, yeah, as a Los Angelino, I can honestly say I did not expect to be in Amish country. But I was in Amish country. I just hung out at the coolest petting zoo I've ever been to. Uh, it's called Dutch uh, Country Creek. 
petting zoo. So look it up on Yelp if you ever get a chance because you're in Indiana and Amish country. I didn't even know there was an Amish country in Indiana, but there is. And uh, and so I was at this Mexican restaurant. I was there for uh, for my startup drop-in. So we do use live video for our automotive and insurance industries. So we were meeting with a big RV dealer out there for onboarding. Of course you do. Like that all leads together. Of this is so all bizarre. Of this, all of this makes perfect sense, obviously. <laughs> and uh, and so we yeah, I was with my uh, colleague Heather and we just wanted to go out for dinner and I was like, let's go. There, there was a big billboard for margaritas at this Mexican restaurant. I was like, let's just go there. We'll figure it out and kind of find something fun to do. And so we're sitting there and uh, the waitress comes up and she goes, it's about to get wild in here. And we just kind of looked over and I just saw all the buggies pulling up. And I couldn't tell if she was, like, being serious with, like, the whole getting wild thing. So, like, I tweeted that out. And uh, and there I was having dinner with 18 different Amish people. They were at the table directly next to us. And then I had a timer on my phone for our phone call. So I was like, Heather, I was like, you know, I'll be right back. I just got to go take this call. So then we were on the phone for no less than two minutes when um, I got a call from the executive I was dealing with at Jerry Bruckheimer's company. So I literally looked down at the phone and I saw his name and I'm just like, I, I'm so sorry to do this. I have to go. And, uh, and there I had, uh, one of the coolest phone calls of my life. So, but it happened personally. And normally in Hollywood, you know, once you introduce an attorney, cause when I submitted the script, it, it had to go through an attorney. There's like a legal process behind it. So I just assumed I would hear from my attorney. I did not expect to receive a personal phone call. And so to say I was over the moon is an understatement. And just randomly, you were in Amish country. I mean, the, the whole thing is so bizarre to but me. But that was the, the, like, the funniest thing is that, one, you, obviously you can't make this up, but then I'm like trying to not be rude to either to you or to him because I was just like, <laughs> he, I, he's like, hey, how are you? How are things going? I was like, I'm in Amish country right now. And like, you don't want to like <laughs> announce it because I don't want to like offend these 18 other Amish people that look like they could totally kick my butt if they ever so wanted to. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so it just, it added to kind of the insanity of the story and just how cool it is that, you know, I think I can plan things to a certain degree, but I really can't. And so it's my job to just keep going in whatever it is that I'm doing and know that in my heart, as long as I'm pushing and, and putting myself out there, it comes back to you. When you were a little kid, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? I wanted to work. Uh, well, I started uh, typing when I was two. I had my first computer company when I was eight. So I knew I could be like in tech. Yeah, well, I failed at lemonade stands. I've always been an entrepreneur. I used to look at my mom's earrings and like take paper clips and unfold them and then make drawings on them. So they looked like these little earrings and I would try and sell them for like $5 or something insane. Not really understanding that that was a lot for that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I just always kind of been this person. My mom's an entrepreneur. My father's an attorney. And uh, but I always loved entertainment as well. I wanted to be Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. So uh, but I but there wasn't really I didn't know what the term producer was. I had done a lot of high school plays. I had written some and directed some um, and like smaller, you know, things in class. And uh, but I didn't understand that I was a natural born producer and, and sort of director that it's like the combination of people skills and having a creative vision and knowing how to get stuff done. So there wasn't really a term for, I guess, from my understanding that when I was younger. But now it's so cool watching tech and media just blend and to have a background in it when, you know, starting in 2007 is insane. I work for one of the founders of MySpace. I launched his startup. So I was, I've literally been an OG since, you know, I didn't even know what subscribers were and I had 600,000 of them. So it's oh like, my God. it's crazy, but you don't understand what's happening because I didn't have a way to like quantify what these views were. I remember one video I published right out the gate within like two minutes had over 5,000 
thousand views, and I was so confused by that. I called. I was like, I think there's something wrong with like your back end. <laughs> and they were like, No, Jen, your video is just doing very well. I was like so kind of fascinated by it. So uh, so it's been great. But I'm an engineer in my heart, and I like to build things. So I, I do that creatively, and, uh, and that's kind of part of the fun for me. You are so unique, is what I will tell you. Thank you. <laughs> you totally are, and you own it which is why I think you've become so successful the more you step into who you really are and, you know, whatever that is, quirkiness or, or anything, that makes you yeah. that much greater. But, and that's the point too. It's, and thank you, thank you for that first and foremost. But, um, but I feel like that's kind of the coolest part too is learning to, you know, when I was younger, for example, when I would go out on dates with guys, I would hide my intelligence because they just wanted like the super cute chick. And then I was like, then that didn't get me very far. It got me a, a great the wrong guy. Yeah, it got me a great first boyfriend. But I'd sit there and want to talk tech, and that was right when social media was happening. And he's like, just not into it. So I was like, okay, change it. So I've constantly just been, you know, evolving as a person. And and you know, it, it's weird because once you dilute aspects of yourself, you don't always know that you're diluting them. So it's been like a decade of this like discovery of like, of course I'm going to wear costumes on a Saturday just to walk into a bar because why not? I'm not even doing it for attention. I don't care for any of that. I do it just because I like kind of the social element of messing with people and it's fun. And then you almost guilt people into not being in costumes. So it's such a weird, but I'm like, this is just who I am. This is what I like to do. And uh, and so it works for me. But now there's such an insane level of confidence and fulfillment and and uh, and also to extreme gratitude, not like in the hashtag blessed way, but like I wouldn't be here literally if it weren't for Daniel and I wouldn't be here literally if it weren't for all these amazing people that have helped me along the way. But you also put yourself out there and that's how you meet and connect to these people because I'll hear a lot of times from people, oh, she's just lucky or whatever, you know, people come up with their reasons why someone gets success. No, you cold call these people. You you create content. You, you're extremely vulnerable. You take chances knowing haters can come, knowing there's going to be, you know, fingers pointing at you. And other people that are sitting in their safe little room at home, you know, they're not taking those chances. And that's how you create the opportunity. But see, that's the point. And, and coming back to what we we're saying earlier in terms of failure, staying in that safe space, staying in that you know, that zone, whatever that is for you, whether that's literally like a room in your house or whatever that means, that's failure. Not not doing something, not taking any sort of action. And even if the action is, is, hey, I need some rest today. Okay, well, then you're at least getting rest so that you're going to be better the next day. You know what I mean? That, 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 in that lack of uh, just any sort of motion or movement or anything like that, that's what failure is. But then it's hilarious because if you stay in the same place for too long, your body will just liquefy into the chair. So you're really like, there's no like. You're screwed. Yeah, either way. It depends <laughs> upon how you look at it. But So when in your life, when you look back across your entire life, when was the moment that you felt your least confident? Oh, that's such a good question. When was the moment that I felt the least confident? Um, oh, actually, it was when I got everything that I thought that I wanted. So um, this was super interesting. So when I started Talk Nerdy, I had no idea that I was going to be this like crazy adventure person. And I didn't know about influencer marketing. Obviously, there was no term for it. But I had been a model uh, and had done, uh, you know, obviously working with live video. So I was like, okay, great. I'm just going to combine those elements and like wear clothing. And I was part of the Fiesta movement. So Ford gave me a car. And so I just had all these like different kind of steps along the way. But I was always just like in the back of my head, like at any given moment, I'll just get a job and this will be my resume. Like I didn't necessarily mean for it to turn into something bigger, but I saw that it was and I was like, okay, this is cool. It's a little weird, but let's just go for it and keep going. And uh, but then I got everything I wanted. I was really focused on getting something to trend organically on Twitter because it was like two hundred fifty thousand dollars at the time to like pay for like a sponsored, you know, uh, promotion. Wow. And I was like, well, I wonder what their algorithm is. And I'm always testing things. Come to find out they actually don't have an algorithm. It's a manual push out. But I thought that that was actually really cool. 
So I was working with this company uh, called IOLA, which is now owned by WeWork, and they were hosting the Tech for Obama event. So I got pulled in to like run the the sort of, you know, the, the social media for it. And so uh, not only that evening did I become top influencer, we, we trended organically on Twitter. We had like 1.28 uh, million impressions. My account alone had like 357,000 of those. Uh, something cra- It was just insane. It was awesome. But it totally worked, and it was great. I got to meet Sharon Lawrence. I was back at Hill Harper's house. Like everybody thought this was just such an epic win. And then um, I was taking the city bus at the time because I was still bartering. And, uh, and so on my way home, I, like, called this guy that I was interested in, and, and he just he couldn't get together. Then I went to go over and play Street Fighter over at the Surly Goat on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, and the machine was shut down. And I was just like, this is it. This is, like, the greatest night of my life. I executed my goal. Like, I love Sharon Lawrence. I'm obsessed with her. So getting to meet her and for her to be like, you should monetize your eggs. You were bred to barter was such an interesting thing to say. But I loved her for it. She just thought my brain, she's like, you can monetize your eggs and, like, make a lot of money doing that. I was like, I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, but thank you. I was. I took it I took it as a very high compliment. Sure. And um, and so there I was. And, and, you know, watching all this come to life and then not having anyone to share it with was like well why am I doing all of this what am I doing this for if it's not for me at the end of the day it's like I sort of started to play into my own character that I didn't know I was creating and I hadn't checked back back in with my own self and so for six months I went through uh, yet another depression because I was like what am I doing this for what am I doing this for why am I here and then uh, Oprah's love ambassador hired me to market the search that she was doing for this particular gentleman and uh, I wound up costing myself the job because he uh, we fell in love and so he had to live in an income tax-free state, so I ghosted my blog, I ghosted Los Angeles, and I moved to an island. CBDistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer, and it's huge right now. You can get up to 30% off everything. If you've struggled with sleep, stress, or pain after physical activity, CBDistillery.com has a targeted plant-powered solution just for you. I love hearing how many of you have seen improvement in your daily life, thanks to CBD. So if better sleep, more calm, and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order. Visit cbdistillery.com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Wow. Because <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, then I executed my goal. If all of this was for, you know, finding someone, which was, which was hugely part of it. That's why I created the hashtag Nerds Unite because I wanted to, like, unite nerds, meet, meet up with people. And obviously dating was something I was so bad at that I just wanted to get better and wanted to improve myself. So I viewed it as I've executed my goal. I'm good. And so I had, you know, the book deals, the, you know, countless people, TV shows, like all that. And I still entertained it for a bit. I'm not stupid, but it was just, it just wasn't me. And I would sit in those meetings talking about stuff I did years ago. And I was just like, it just isn't me right now. And I needed to 
focus on what it felt like to jump off a roof into a canal, like go fishing. I love to fish, you know, and but just weren't kind you of... afraid during that? Because to me, what I'm thinking, I put myself in your shoes. I would be afraid that opportunity wouldn't be there when I came back. This is how I've lived my life. Is Yeah, I might have felt like, wow, I'd like to go take a break right now. But I would be driven by fear that what if I can't, somebody takes my spot or I can't get back to that meeting again. See, and that probably would have been the logical thing. And you're 100% right. And I'm sure that's that's probably why I'm so weird and different. I viewed it as if myself isn't complete, if I don't feel that level of fulfillment, then I'm being a caricature of who I actually am. So I'm actually doing it as a disservice to myself. It was utterly insane. And I knew what I was doing. I was like, who ghosts a blog? And mind you, we had broken up at this point, uh, the gentleman and I, and I stayed on the island. I got my own place. I'm standing there in my kitchen and I get an email, not even a call from my agents. I get an email. I love that because now I can like screenshot everything. And they're amazing. I'm so lucky. But like I get this email saying, hey, Jen, you know, any plans for 4th of July? I hadn't talked to them in like six months or however long it had been. And, uh, and walked away from, you know, the book deals that they were working on and this, that and the other thing. And I was just like... They're like, ah, is your blog for sale by any chance? Because Warner Brothers and, and Jerry Bruckheimer would like to option it. And you're just like crying in your kitchen over a broken heart, then reading this going like dramatic cliches actually exist in life. And that was one of the first things that I said after I cold called the, the executive that I spoke to. I said to him, I said, you know, first of all, thank you for changing my life. Because no matter what, I can walk into a room and say Jerry Bruckheimer bought my life rights twice. So that's like already winning. But I said, uh, <laughs> it really is. And I was like, and thank you for like allowing me to understand that dramatic cliches exist in life that I feel like not that I was looking for a reward but by focusing on myself and focusing more on who I really was and how that was evolving was so important at that time and I feel like that's why the universe you know potentially said oh hey you're doing this you're at this place now now you're actually ready to receive this because before I was so I was so in my own head and like I was on an island with 4,000 people, so I couldn't talk about tech. I couldn't talk about pop culture. I had to learn who I was as a person, not a persona. And so I needed just like a beat to collect myself. But then it was so hilarious because it was even better than what I had on the table previously without even realizing it. And so you can't, that's what I'm saying, you can't plan certain things in life. But I know to follow that like guiding force in my gut, even when my stomach's upset. That's, that's actually when I know I'm doing something really scary because I literally get sick to my stomach. And, uh, and it just all kind of happened from there. But it's been really cool because I've been so honest when people are like, well, what, what happened with the first pilot? And I'm like, I had zero involvement. I was on an island. And then they're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's amazing that you walked away. But I like what you said. Because you walked away, you were really able to find yourself and your intuition and, and your, your everything, your being. And in that moment is when the real opportunity came. You had to go through that to get there. Absolutely. And it was just so awesome, too, because I built an app when I was on the island. It was just a glorified proof of concept. But I saw the way that people received information was still through a newspaper every Wednesday. And I was like, I want to help my community. Like, I didn't know I was such a community person until I lived in such an insanely small town and saw how fulfilling and rewarding that was. So I was like, I'm going to help them. And uh, and I wound up pitching it on a CNBC show. I got the investment. And then I, I sold it. And um, so I'm really lucky with that. But it's just been a whole series of things that now with, you know, a background technically with a tech exit under my belt and now working with a startup, that changes kind of the conversation in terms of what I'm able to bring to the table now that it's not just necessarily, you know, here's my script. It's like, oh, no, this is what I've been working on. This is what I'm doing. Here are the ways that this is changing, you know, whether storytelling or whatever. It's just always something weird and random. But now I'm more of a rounded, well-rounded individual that I'm bringing that to the table. But I had to do that myself. I couldn't I couldn't have someone tell me, oh, I needed to go and do this. I needed to figure out what that meant for me and then bring it back. So where where is this adventure going next? 
Um, I have no idea. Uh, actually, it's so funny. Um, I'm taking a vacation next week, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I'm going away with my mom and uh, my basically like my second mom and my older sister, who I haven't seen in like 17 years. Um, wow. I'm, yeah, like it, and it's so crazy right now because even on my calendar, it's like some of the coolest and biggest opportunities I've ever had. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also exhausted right now. And I know that if I go into a meeting and if I go into the space, like I'm not going to be myself. I'm not going to be as with it. I'm not like... You have to make sure that your cup, you're only giving when your cup is overflowing. And right now, it's it's all been great, but I'm just like, whoa, I need a minute to, you know, sit on a beach and, and just stare at the ocean and kind of regroup before I know that I can really deliver on what I say I'm delivering. Wow. You've really learned to make yourself a priority, and that's to. so powerful. Yeah, you have, because no one does it for you. No, no one, one will. Yeah. Of course not. And, and they'll just take and take and take and take. And it's like, you know, but but it's so interesting because that's one of the things that I always respect about super successful people is that you can you can almost feel it when you're in the room with them, that like their boundaries are just of a certain way, that their time is precious, that, uh, you know, all of these other factors, but they, they're the ones who set that standard. They're the ones who set the table and allowed people to come to it versus the other way around. And that's what I feel like is so cool and so interesting because, you know, some of these executives I've had access to, I literally have their, like, cell phone numbers and, like, direct emails. And I'm like, I don't have to go through an assistant. I have to do this. Like, no, you're, you're important. You know what I mean? Like, but they – but then obviously I don't bombard them either. So there's that right. fine line. But you know what I mean? But then when I do call, it's like, oh, wow. Like, I had never ta- spoken to those executives previously. They were probably like, why is she calling us? This is interesting. Like, I don't know why I never called them. I never, I've never even had lunch with my agents. I don't know why I hadn't. But I just – I hadn't. So it's, which is, in, again, insane because CA is con- considered the largest, uh, yeah, entertainment. <laughs> like, I signed with the biggest, and I, yeah, I don't know why I do the things that I do. It's illogical, but it's completely logical to me. It's so great because you just, you live fearlessly is what I would say. Thank you. And that's what what held me back forever in, in my career, in my life, and I see that hold so many people back. So I really appreciate what you said. Failure is when you're sitting somewhere feeling comfortable and safe. Absolutely. And it, and it's hard, too, because even recently, I'm like, wow, I've been back in LA for four years. Have I like executed the goals that, that I wanted? I, I constantly putting myself in check. And it's not always the answer. And sometimes it's like, no, my apartment needs to needs needs a change. It's always like, there's always kind of something that I'm like, all right, you know, well, this makes me really nervous. Like, and that's actually the one thing that I always know to go to is anytime I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Or oh, I'm terrified of this. Last year, it was Burning Man. I had full-blown panic attacks before I went to Burning Man. I came back a different person in the best way ever, but I was legitimately having panic attacks and and just couldn't stop freaking out over how illogical that seemed to me. I was like, how do I get in? How do I get out? You know, after bartering and couch surfing, I can climb all these fences. I know how to like do so many weird and random things, but Burning Man was terrifying for my brain just because I couldn't I couldn't wrap myself around it. And so it wound up being such a great vacation. It was exactly what I needed. And, uh, but it was that fear that was like, oh no, now I have to go because I'm actually this afraid of something. So that's the first thing I'm doing. So fear to you is a green light that just means go. Go for it. Well, because you never know what's going to happen on the other side. And even if it's, even if it's a phone call and, and maybe you get a phone call back, it's like, it's always been, oh, this is just the path that you should be on. It's always that like, oh, they're showing me the next step. So this is what I go after next. This is my focus. Boom. But it takes a minute to one, get the inspired thought. And then two, like kind of know when to execute. So it's a process for sure, but it's, it's really cool. And then, you know, again, people respect your commitment to yourself at that same time. Absolutely. It's, it's so valued and, and people are going to treat you the way that you see and treat yourself. Absolutely. 
But it's it's still hard because, I mean, you know, there's 86,400 seconds in a day. So it's like, you know, we're all human and we have relationships. We have home life, whatever that means. And, you know, and then when you're in that flow and you're focused, you're, you know, wanting to stay in it. But sometimes you can't. So it's also, again, just, I don't know, like learning to actually love yourself and not just post a meme about it on Instagram. <laughs> Which so many people do. And you, it's so obvious, too. It really is so transparent. Well, how does everybody keep up with you? Because I want to be able to keep up with the story. Thank you. Yeah, you can check out the blog, talknerdytomelover.com. On Instagram, I'm at talknerdytomelover. On Twitter, I'm at jenfriel, J-E-N-F-R-I-E-L. And same with Facebook, facebook.com slash J-E-N-F-R-I-E-L. You got to keep up with the story. It is so interesting. Thank you so much for making time. <laughs> I know how so busy much. you are, Jen. I Thank appreciate you. it. All right. Hang tight with me. I'll be right back. I hope you loved meeting Jen. She was an absolute trip. And it was funny. My post on LinkedIn had gone viral the day that I met Jen. And we had spoken on the phone, obviously, before, but we had never met face-to-face. And when she was leaving our interview, I was telling her about it. And she said, oh, my gosh, you've never had a viral post before? I said, no, I, I have a post on LinkedIn right now with over a million views, and I'm freaking out. I don't, I don't know what to do. And she said, oh, shoot, I've got to leave. I would have totally given you the insight on how to handle and manage and optimize that. Um, let's definitely catch up next time you're in L.A., but I have to run. And I was so <laughs> bummed out. This woman is just such she has so much knowledge she's so interesting and so real so i i definitely hope that you liked her as much as i did so uh pluto tv it's the leading free streaming television service you can watch over a hundred tv channels and thousands of movies on demand they are all completely free Pluto TV never even asks for a credit card how do they even do that you don't even need to sign up to watch for free this sounds like trouble to me. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV now. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Oh my gosh, something tells me my son is going to be all over that. Okay, so now on to your questions. We have a couple of interesting ones this week, so I'm kind of excited to answer these. All right, here we go. Here's our first one. Oh, and to share, that this is where this question came from. It's kind of cool. Because I'm speaking at Hypergrowth in Boston, I wanted to know about the company that I was speaking for. Drift is the name of the company. So I had never heard of Drift prior to the conversations about having me speak for them. I looked at the site. You got to check it out. This is not an ad, by the way. I was blown away by this little Drift bot that they put on your website. And I took the free option. It didn't cost me anything. And if you go to my website now, heathermonahan.com, you'll see this little bot. It's actually a little picture of my head. And it says, hey, we're here to help you. Do you have any questions? And since I put that little bot which was so easy to put up on my site, 
people have been sending me these unbelievable messages. Hey, Heather, where is the accountability partner sign up tab? I can't find it. And I can, I get a ping on my phone, just like a text message, and I can answer them in real time. And I can also shut off times that I'm not available. So it says, when you go to the site, it would say, you know, Heather's not available right now. Check back and she'll get back to you later. But it also has allowed people to send me questions that they are looking for me to answer on the podcast and just a variety of different really cool things. Uh, So check out Drift. If you have a website, if you're in business, you need to have this bot on your site. It's really, um, it's increased my ability to have conversations with everyone and, and made it super easy. So this came from my Drift bot on my site. It says, I just went through a very corrupt divorce experience. My ex hid money, made it look like he had none. As a teacher, I had a pension. He used it in the divorce. He is a lawyer, and I had to pay him thousands. I had a lawyer who did not represent me well. I am just about at the two-year limit on challenging the settlement. They say 95% chance it won't change if I pursue it. I have people say, move on and learn from it, and I have very few who say, fight it. He is manipulative, smart, and premeditative. I really feel shafted from this whole experience. I am building confidence, but justice of what is right is blocking me from moving forward. Do you have any words of wisdom, Heather? Yikes, I sure do. Listen to me on this one. And I answered this person already on the Driftbot, so uh, she knows how I feel. Move on, period. Living in negativity and fighting and dragging things out to make a point sounds horrific. And I promise you, it will not bring you greatness and positivity and opportunity. And I talk a lot about fire the villain in your life. So hopefully you will be able to take this advice and apply it to your life where it might be appropriate. Definitely don't swim with negativity, fighting with someone negative and manipulative. That just sounds terrible to me. You definitely need to let go of the negativity and move on. I saw a person that dragged a divorce out for years, and I can promise you if you ask that individual today, do they regret it? Heck yeah, they do. They regret it for countless reasons. And it sounded very similar to this woman's experience that she felt, you know, she was, she needed to make a point. Make a point. Save yourself. Get out. Move on and start living the life that you want and deserve. Okay. That's my feedback on that one. Next. Hi, Heather. What's your opinion on being an entrepreneur and working for a company at the same time? I've had my business for over a year now and I'm considering getting a job to be able to self-fund it. I'm confident, of course, but I'm still afraid of feeling like a failure if I decide to help my boss fulfill their dreams instead of working on my own, you know. Okay, so this is an interesting question. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. It's To me, that sounds more, it's like a financial question. If you can't pay your bills, if you're not in the green in your company and you're in the red, I completely understand why you would want to go back and work for someone else until you can jump, you know, creating that bridge to, to get over that gap so that you can move forward with your own company. You know, Anyone that's worked for themselves knows it can be really scary. It can be super stressful when all that responsibility falls on your shoulders. It can be really hard. If you are struggling so much so that it's affecting your work, you it might be a window where you need to go back and do that. However, if there is any way possible that you don't have to go back and work for someone else, then keep moving into you. Take more action. Grow faster ask for more, put more pitches out there, whatever it is that you're doing, lean into it more 
because I know this, I launched a personal brand for a year while working in corporate America and I paid no time or attention to my personal brand or potential business because I didn't have the time, right? So if you're working full-time for someone else, your mind, your thoughts, your ideas are going to go to that job. That's just the way it is. You're not going to do a half-cooked job you know, somewhere. You've got to show up and do the best job you can. If there's any way possible you can avoid going back to work for someone else, do it. But if you have to do it for a certain amount of time, give yourself that timeline, put a plan together, grin and bear it, you know, get that paycheck to start coming in to fund the other company until you're in a situation where you can take that next leap and go out full time on your own. So go all in all the time. It's definitely the right answer. And either way, you don't need to feel bad if you've got to, you know, make this bridge play and work for someone for a short period of time. Give yourself a timeline, hold yourself accountable and get moving. Action fixes everything. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It helps so much. And if you could share it with your friends too, I would appreciate it so much. Until next week, creating confidence with you. Hang in there with me. Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about, Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference, and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.